Welcome back to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you by GeekLegacy.com. Justin and I are here to talk about some of our favorite video game stories of the week. Today, we only have a few, but they are big ones that we were both very excited to discuss and dissect. Justin, how are we feeling today? I am fabulous, Stephen. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, knowing that your one of your favorite video games is about to be on its 19th console and 75th re-release. Um, how are you feeling about that, my friend? Pretty, 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 pretty good, I suppose. <laughs> so the big news out of this past week is that the Bethesda and Microsoft deal is final. And we now have more details and more information to go about it. Uh, Microsoft acquisition of ZeniMax is official, meaning the development of studio development studios of Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Gums, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Run, Roundhouse Studios have all officially joined the Microsoft family. As a result, Xbox Game Pass just got a huge upgrade this past week and added 20 Bethesda titles. And of those 20 titles, some of them will be getting the FPS boost treatment for your brand spanking new Xbox Series X console. Uh, now, keep in mind, this feature is not enabled just yet, but will be enabled in the near future. And if you don't know what the FPS boost is, it basically means that certain games on your Xbox Series X will boost all the way up to 60 frames a second, get some other graphical enhancements and essentially just run better on the new device. Those specific games include Dishonored, the Definitive Collection, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Special Edition, which I was alluding to with Justin, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and Prey will be getting the treatment. Other games that joined the Xbox Game Pass collection include Dishonored 2, the original Doom and Doom 2, as well as Doom 3, the No Flashlight Edition, Doom 64, Doom Eternal, um, even though that was just released on there fairly recently, I believe. Elder Scrolls 3, Morrowind, Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Online, The Evil Within, Fallout New Vegas, Rage 2, and the Wolfenstein uh, trilogy so far as it would. The New Order, The Old Blood, and Young Blood. So all of those are available on your console, your PC. Uh, excuse me, some of them are only available on one or the other. For instance, New Vegas is only available on console. Others are available on your console, your PC, and through the Xbox Game Cloud, which is kind of neat. So some devices could be, or I'm sorry, some games could be played on your phone if you were so inclined to do so. But huge upgrade for Game Pass. The deal just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah, no kidding. Is New Colossus, is that a Wolfenstein game? Isn't that like the sequel to New Order? Uh, yes, that is the second one in it. The old blood is the like a prequel. prequel. Yeah, yeah. And young blood is like a in the way in the future, right? Where he has two daughters or something. Yeah, it's set in the same timeline. It's that one was built more around co-op multiplayer games. You're able to drop in and out. Um, I played the game by myself because I don't have many friends that had the game, and it was all right. It wasn't bad. Didn't need to be a full sixty dollar title. Could have been a. $20, $25 DLC, and I would have been just as happy, but that's fun. Sure. All right. Well, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, also took time to clarify how Bethesda games would be released moving forward, stating, obviously, I can't sit here and say every Bethesda game is an Xbox exclusive. 
because we know that's not true. He explained, there's contractual obligations that we're going to see through. We have games that exist on other platforms and we're going to go and support those games on the platforms they're on. There's communities of players. We love those communities and we'll continue to invest in them. And even in the future, there might be either contractual things or legacy on a different platform that we'll go do. But if you're an Xbox customer, Spencer continued, the thing I want you to know is it's about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. And that's our goal. That's why we're doing this. That's the root of this partnership. And we're building Uh, and the creative capability we're able to bring to the market for Xbox customers is, is going to be the best it's ever been for Xbox after we're done here. So how about that? So basically, if you have Game Pass, you will have almost exclusive access to future Bethesda titles. Uh, we know Deathloop is going to be a timed PS5 exclusive. Uh, there's a few other titles that are currently in the works that are expected to be on other devices, not called Xbox. But it sounds like Bethesda is going to be funneling a lot of these products into the Game Pass service moving forward, which is a huge win for Microsoft, quite honestly. Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, it's a lot of games, man. God forbid really, they're they're complete though, and they don't have glitches all over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's for the players to decide at this point. <laughs> An experience. Yeah, sure. But I mean, that's yeah. pretty exciting stuff. That's a that's a huge catalog. And then when you throw in EA Play into Game Pass and all the new studios that that Expo, that Microsoft has acquired, uh, that's quite an extensive library. On top of that, there's also uh, more rumors that Ubisoft play or you play, I'm sorry, will be part of Game Pass by the end of this year as well. So, again, this wow. just continues to be a better and better and better deal. Well worth the 12 to 15 dollars a month that you're paying for this to just have access to all of these titles. Yeah, I think it's 15 I wouldn't be surprised if it goes up next year, though. Oh, I can (laughs) definitely see this thing going up within the next year or two. Absolutely. But I mean, still, you're getting the amount of titles that you're getting for it are still just so worthwhile. And then there was also the talk about removing Xbox Gold and only having Game Pass uh, for Xbox subscribers, kind of like what PlayStation Plus is. It's either you have it or you don't. There's no like multi-tiered system to this. Uh, That's another setup i know that microsoft tried to do there was a lot of backlash so they fixed that real quickly particularly the price of what xbox gold would have been moving forward which what the yearly price now became like a three-month price or something like that some obnoxious number oh no you're good phone calls it happens but yeah i mean (laughs) alex is dead (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah this is just a deal that continues to get better better and better um again if this whole Ubisoft lineup comes up. Just think about all the Assassin's Creed games that are going to be available to you at the click of a button on your Xbox, on your PC, on potentially your phone. So on your engage, on your engage. That's right. I prefer sidekick, though. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about all that. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah, that'd be incredible. I mean, I. I I think we have talked at nauseum the incredible value that exists with Xbox Game Pass, and uh, this just adds more ammo to their library. I mean, I can honestly say that just looking at all these, 
Uh, I've played all of them already, uh, so I'm in a good place, I suppose. Mine, mine is Youngblood. I never got around to that. I was one of your friends that did not jump on board and buy that game to play with you, and I apologize for that. But uh, <laughs> the the rest I have I have played through, and um, I think that you're in for a treat. The um, Dishonored Two is also on Game Pass. I don't see it on this list. It must already. Oh yeah, it's on the list. Okay, I see it now. I'm sorry, I'm blind. But that's the I never I never finished that game. I got more than halfway through and I got so bored that I just couldn't finish it. And everyone else loves this game. I don't know what my problem is. Maybe it just hit me in a weird spot, but I definitely enjoyed the hell out of the first one. But the second one just got into my skin. I was like, I don't like playing this. It wasn't hard or anything. I just I didn't get any joy from it. So I stopped. I quit the game. Yeah, the only thing that bugged me about the original Dishonored was it seemed like there was almost no stealth options that worked every single time um because i tried to play the game like snake and you know not kill anybody but right. more often than not i would get caught by a guard okay cool i take him down i turn around and there's a legion of soldiers staring at me and go well this is awkward as you're taking your swords <laughs> out and like yeah. guess i gotta clean up this mess now i can explain <laughs> that guy's head was already on the ground he came at me with a knife <laughs> <laughs> yeah that game was hardcore Ugh. I mean, but it was cool because I remember playing through it over the weekend. You know, I I'm a I'm a fan of weekend games versus mm-hmm. the the 60 plus hour the marathon. Yeah. And Dishonored was definitely one of those. That was an under 20 hour game, which makes it uh, pretty easy for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday excursion. So you mentioned Wolfenstein Youngblood, and that was kind of interesting because if you purchase the game, it came with a game pass of its own and what that meant was you were able to play as long as you had the game you were able to invite your friends and they can play the entire game with you so i had another friend who wanted to check it out i told him i'm gonna buy it it let's just do that at the time there wasn't a whole lot of information about it turns out you had to download the demo and have that installed in order for your friend to be playing it so here we are, 10 o'clock at night, waiting for my buddy to download this game. And as you know, PlayStation Network takes forever when it comes to downloading anything. So that was not a fun experience, but um, I would be interested in checking it out again on an Xbox device with somebody else because it's definitely one of those games where the AI kind of, you know, they're just there. Well, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's less complicated that way. <laughs> I mean, in that case, just take the second player out. Let me play by myself. It's a much easier scenario. Yeah, I like it when AI is terrible. Then I can be like, oh, yeah, especially if I'm killing them. If they're on my team, that's another story. That's what I'm saying. It's your partner. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like same with like payday. Whenever you play that with like your bots, oh, your AI no. bots. Yeah, you're going to scream into a void because it's not going to work out. So, but but if right. they can die, it's okay. Like if you if if the AI if your partner is able to die, then I think it works out better. It's more of if your partner dies and you don't revive them within a certain period of time, then you also die. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Well, you're bound by them. Mm-hmm. That drives me nuts. Because then it's like a giant escort quest. Who wants that? Nobody. No. No one. Even though Resident Evil Four, when you think about it, was a giant escort quest. Was it? Yeah, I never I mean, really got past the the guy on the hill with a fork that was throwing rocks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I suck at that game. Well, eventually you do find the president's daughter and have to carry her around all throughout a castle. That's not good. Yeah, although it's pretty fun when you do New Game Plus and you give her a 
suit of armor, just a literal like knight's armor. And some of these zombies will come by and try to pick her up and they can't because it's so heavy. So you literally just lead her into a mob and she just kind of takes care of herself. It's great. What if they kick her into a pond and she sinks? Uh, Good thing they can't kick. Good thing there's no ponds in (laughs) this place. That place looks so muddy and gross. There's no uh, mud. There's no ponds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shortchanged. (laughs) (laughs) I was unaware of the pond shortage in Eastern Europe. I don't think they chose the Lost Plagas life. The Lost Plagas (laughs) chose them. (laughs) that's unfortunate (laughs) oh well Uh, any standouts for you on this list that you're very excited to maybe give a go oh standouts Um, I mean the fact that the entire Wolfenstein franchise is on here now um, because the old blood is actually one that I didn't get around to doing so I will probably spend some time on that Uh, I mean Skyrim is always exciting even though I still have it on my PlayStation four and it still runs just fine, but might be a kind of bored Sunday night. Like, yeah, let's just reboot this and see where we get at it. Type of scenario. Uh, You know, same boat as you, like I never played dishonored Two, but the first one was pretty fun. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be outside of my realm of possibility to go back, try that game. Sure. Yeah. Give it a go. Let me know what you think. Cause I I couldn't finish. I, I was literally like two thirds of the way the game and i'm like eh, i can't do this anymore. <laughs> see my problem nowadays though is like i have access to so many games and we've talked about this it's that fatigue of like what movie do i want to watch today let me go through my thousands and thousands of digital catalogs and physical catalogs and i'm going to choose something that i've seen for 500 times this month alone because i can't decide on anything so i'm just going to go to my safety net and i'm getting into that same habit of let me try a different game. I have all these services. Eh, I'm just going to pop in destiny again and do my weeklies, or I'm going to load up final fantasy and try to progress the story a little bit more. There you go. I mean, I, I've been doing that with dark souls for like, since Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same boat, man. But again, I'm trying to beat a game every month. So at least I have that going for me. Yeah. I think I need to dedicate myself to that. The other problem too, is like so often Nowadays, like I'll get to playing games around eight, nine o'clock at night, knowing like, all right, maybe a few hours before bedtime type of situation. And I know me, if I get invested in a game, I'm going to be up for the next four weeks. Right. Working on this. It happens. Yeah, I hate when it happens, but I also love when it happens. Right. Video game junkie. (laughs) (laughs) Start looking at lips and scratching and I got to play a video game. God, it might have been like, oh, you know what? I think it was when Last of Us 2 um, came to my house. I played it. It's like, oh, I'll just do a couple hours before bedtime. Look up. It's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that can happen, man. Did you play through all of Miles Morales or the uh, Valhalla? Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Yes, I beat the story for Miles Morales. I have not completed the story for Valhalla. I'm still kind of throwing that in whenever I look at it and say, oh yeah, I have this game. Right. <laughs> when you're not playing Destiny. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which I found out the other day, um, since I started the Destiny podcast, that I have logged nearly 1,000 hours in that franchise total. Wow. That's fantastic. You, you think that. You would think that. Yeah. Just, 
World of Warcraft, man. I, I added up when I quit, I added up all my playtime and it was 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that's like from 2005 or whatever to, to 2012, 2013. And so that's a long time to be playing a video game. But when you actually calculate where you've been sitting in a chair and you have just had like your hands on your keyboard and mouse, that's that's a ridiculous amount of time to be. To be playing a video game. The time lapse of that footage would not be interesting. <laughs> no, it would be terrible. It would be not uh, hardly any movement at all. Just a changing of clothes. I mean, your mouse would probably be in a cool little flurry. That'd be fun to look at. You know what, though? My mouse, I have the setting set at like super mega ultra fast. And so I 10, barely tap DPI. it. Yeah, I barely, seriously, I barely <laughs> tap it. And it's all the way into the side screen. <laughs> Drives everyone crazy. But that's just how I play video games. So... Uh, it has to be that way. There's yeah. there's no way around it. I got a new mouse and I can switch all the DPI and it has lights on it. Oh, snap. Matches. Well, you safe when you're jogging at night. Yeah, exactly. Matches my keyboard, matches my computer. Yeah. Everything's got lights. It's going to be like I, a goddamn raven here. Did all, yeah. Did all your parts arrive? No, I'm still waiting on the processor and then big old brain dummy Steven forgot thermal paste. So that's also coming hopefully today, though. Oh, okay. But the, the processor is the only thing I'm missing at this point. You could probably just use toothpaste. It's the same thing. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably the ones that have the bubbles in them. Yeah, you could do toothpaste, curry paste, tomato paste. It's just got to be paste, really. Just Elmer's glue. Who cares? <laughs> Anything will work. Right? Scotch just, tape, maybe. Who knows? Just a dollop. A little dollop <laughs> of, of paste. Easy peasy. A little bit for you, a little bit for me. Yeah. And you went the liquid cooler route, right? Is that what I saw? I did. I'm actually really nervous about installing that. And this is my first time doing liquid cooling. So that'll be a fun experience. It's pretty easy now uh, because it just has that one fan that's going to go on the top and then the hose that goes down onto your your dealio. But um, yeah, Josh tried to talk me into it. Or my buddy Josh, rather. And... um, I didn't go that route. <laughs> I went the old uh, radiator route, but I, uh, I just didn't want to spend the extra, the buku bucks on it. That's all. So what helped me is with the stimulus check that got passed, we still haven't received ours, but we'll probably have it by this week. So I basically have spent money that doesn't exist right. in my bank account. But uh, what really helped was my buddy was selling his old GTX 2060 Founders Edition graphics card. Mm-hmm. And this was this card is only like a year and a half old. Um, he was trying. Well, if you put it on eBay or Amazon or any other reseller, you can probably put it up for four or five hundred bucks. He sold it to me for two fifty. So I got a great deal on a huge upgrade of a graphics car and I was able to kind of splurge elsewhere. So I also got a brand new fancy spit of speakers which also have RGB on them because that's the mode that we're going for these days. <laughs> and then I got the liquid cooling cause I had the extra cash to go with it. Sure. 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 That makes sense. I mean, when you're not having a seizure, you'll be able to enjoy <laughs> future podcasts. Cause Justin and I always do this through Skype so we can see each other. I'm just going to turn all my lights off and just let my RGB glow. Now we're talking. Look like Aurora <laughs> Borealis <laughs> up in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be like that dead mouse guy and have like this awesome hat, <laughs> this yeah, mascot yeah. hat on your face. <laughs> Just wear a Mickey Mouse helmet and kind of bouncing around. 
Now we're talking. Get sued like, by the Disney Corporation. That'd be great. Yeah, you can't you can't use their stuff unless you want to pay for it. And even then, you can't pay for it or right. use their stuff. Yeah, under perjury law. It's against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, what can you do? Now you uh, can give me fifty dollars to hold this Disney jacket, but you have to give it back in ten right. minutes. Exactly, it's a rental. Anywho, so I know earlier this week you got hit with some pretty awesome news that uh, 30 years later, we're finally getting a sequel of to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. On Wednesday, Tribute Games revealed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, described as a classically informed side-scrolling beat-em-up directly inspired by classic TMT games. Well, that's exciting. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is a four-player co-op beat-em-up in the classic Konami style. That is the style of brawler that sucked quarters out of anyone who played 1989's <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and its 1991 sequel, Turtles in Time, in arcades. Presumably, Shredder's Revenge will offer a gameplay experience tailored for home, not for draining TMT fans of their allowance, which... I am proud to say that I have helped fund the arcade machines of yesteryear <laughs> with lots and lots of allowance money. But on the plus side, I do have the arcade one up version of the Ninja Turtle games and it does not cost any money, which is awesome. And you can continue to your heart's content. So even if you are the worst player in the world, you can play through the entire game solo and die a thousand times and go on to beat the game. Put a little jar next to your arcade cabinets. Anytime anybody wants to play them, they have to put money in. You know, it would be curious to see how much it would have cost you to beat the game. Like that would be a fun experience. Like every time you get to the continue screen, you mm-hmm. have to put another quarter and see how much it would have cost you to beat the game. Uh, so there's in downtown Los Angeles, there's this awesome arcade bar. And I mean, just imagine like any of the major arcade cabinets you've ever played mm-hmm. growing up, including a whole hall of pinball machines um but also barcades actually (laughs) i prefer my version (laughs) is it anything like a starcade at all but i think the last time i played turtles in time over there i probably spent close to five bucks sure when it was all said and done yeah were you by yourself or did you have other people playing with you I did have a friend playing with me. It was just he and I. We burned through that. We burned through the Simpsons and then the X-Men arcade game. We just went from one to another. Yeah. Like, what is it called? Like Children of Adam or something like that? I don't remember what it's called, but it's so bad. It's an arcade or something like that. But like, you can play as Nightcrawler, Colossus, Wolverine, Cyclops, Jubilee's in there for whatever. Storm. Yeah. Yeah. And Cyclops, he just flexes and everybody dies on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's such a ripoff. I'm all like spamming the shit out of Cyclops. And I, I fucking hate Cyclops. So the only reason why I play as him is because when he dies, I feel like I still won. And so <laughs> that's why I play as Cyclops. And I'm sitting there spamming his little eye beam and kicking ass. And then my friend Bobby, she just presses the power button and he flexes and everybody dies. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's so lame. I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. Yeah, this this was also a really cool arcade cabinet because it was the first time I had ever seen an arcade game where you can play six players simultaneously. And that was really cool. Um, although it's really not recommended to play six players as adults because there's not a whole lot of room on these things. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's hilarious because my buddy and I, when we were playing like even the Ninja Turtles one where it's only four player and they're fairly spaced out. Um, 
he and I were literally like elbow to elbow on this thing. Like, man, this is a lot roomier when we were kids, when we were looking up at the screen. Now it's just cramped. Yeah, I've yes. never seen a six player version. I've only ever seen a. I don't remember ever seeing a six player version. Was it uh, always six or was it or is there a four and a six? I've only ever seen the six player one. Oh, I feel like I only ever seen a four player one. That is That's quite crazy. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, how interesting. You would have a pretty lousy spot if you were on the end there. Um, yeah, especially because it kind of curves a little bit, almost like a poker table. So mm-hmm. you're and, you know, these are an old CRT TVs, which don't really view well when you're not facing directly. Right. At right, the right. damn thing. Yeah. So just doing a quick Google search, I do see a six player version. I've never seen that one in person. I've only ever seen a, a four player one. Well, maybe I'll take you to one of my arcades. arcades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least I don't remember ever seeing uh, six. I only remember four, but. Whatever. Strange things have happened, I suppose. How interesting. Maybe maybe the big boys got to spend some... I'm sure it costs a lot more money to have a six-player one, but... I'm sure, yeah. That's cool. Well, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, uh, no release date. It will be available for unspecified consoles and the PC platform. So hopefully this is something that will be on Xbox Live that week as the Geek Legacy crew can download and play together because that would be a fun experience. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I need to have friends over so we can play my arcade. (laughs) Man, I remember they re-released Turtles in Time and the biggest... No, maybe it wasn't Turtles in Time. There was a TMNT game they released like years and years and years ago and I was really excited by it up until the fact that they announced there is no online co-op and I thought... This who decided that was going to be the thing? Yeah, oh, it's probably hard to do. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know the first thing about game development. <laughs> just, just do it. <laughs> just figure it out. Hire, hire a person to do it. Why is that so difficult? <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't know how to do it, find someone who does know how to do it and make right. them do it. Honestly, what the problem is? Not but, very difficult whatsoever. Yeah. It was kind of fun. And then the trailer was neat. They had uh, sort of a new rendition of of the familiar theme song. And um, it was a joy. I dug it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Mike Patton from Faith No More. Faith no More. Yeah. I, I recognize it. that voice. I had um, one of my, the last cassette I ever bought was a Faith No More album. And it was blue. <laughs> it was blooch? The blooch one. Yeah. Those are the days. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Fun little trailer had had some pretty sweet 1980s cartoon vibes. Uh, the gameplay graphics themselves kind of look like they were taken from a Game Boy Advance or some type of handheld console just with like the dark outlines they have on them. But I've watched this with my mouth open, just like this is uh, this is beautiful. Like, I want this now, please. Sure, sure. So I I am excited. You're a pretty big Ninja Turtles fan. But uh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, like uh, Streets of Rage 4, you know, that's very akin to the Streets of Rage games, but it does look much cleaner. You know, it has an HD vibe to it. And, um, you know, it plays really smoothly. It's actually a really hard game. I suck at it. I tried to be good, but it's just not in the cards. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I guess I was kind of expecting 
something along those lines where there's not really a lot of edges. It's actually like really clean and um, gorgeous, but whatever. I'll take more turtles. It's all good. Yeah, I was going to say, always here for it. Yeah, I wonder how long it's going to be. You know, even if this game is like a two hour adventure oh. type of thing. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> two you can plow through turtles in time in like 30 minutes. Yeah, if if you know what you're doing, absolutely. But <laughs> I mean, the point I'm trying to make is like, even if this is not a long game, if it's validly priced and I get some excitement out of it and it's something that I can replay with friends on a whim, then I'm here for it. Hey, what do you think it's going to be like 20 bucks, 40 bucks? Ah, oh, man. I If we're thinking like old school arcade games, which aren't very long at the long run, it's just more so how much money you're pumping into it, like you said. 20 bucks would seem like 20 bucks seems like the ceiling to me. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more just because it's turtles and people are going to be excited and they'll pay for it. Put a price tag on it and people will buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Curious. And I mean, it, now here's another thing too. Oh, well, sure. what I was going to say is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have had several different iterations over the years and obviously this is kind of catered more towards the classic fans the 1980s cartoon imagine um five six dollars maybe even ten bucks you can make the game look like any of the other variations of turtles that have come out over the years would you purchase any of those would you be interested in getting those i don't think so i think the cartoon i think the 80s cartoon turtles are my favorite um i do enjoy the the uh, first movie versions of them. Um, those are cool too, but I was never into like the Nickelodeon ones where they're kind of boxy looking. That was never really my jam. You know, th- that one I started watching probably within the last year and that one's a lot of fun. It's got a little, a lot of great, like typical cartoon humor that you would expect in the original series. Mm-hmm. But it also has some really interesting storylines that just make it more of a complete watch. Um, I love the style they went with it, especially like just how they turned Michelangelo and just really ramped up the whole party dude surfer. Yeah, he's doing like lines vibe. of cocaine off of Donnie's <laughs> shell and shit. Pretty much. Yeah. And then there was the 2003 one, which came out on like Fox Kids. And that one was really, really well done, mostly because it kind of stuck to the comic stories a little bit more, had a little bit more of a serious vibe to it. So I just love them. Sure. Still haven't watched the newest cartoon yet. So I liked in the, uh, the new movies that came out. I really liked how Raphael was huge. Like he was, he was a steroid turtle. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. And he was just out to kick ass every day of his life. And I, I liked how they were all different looking as opposed to just different colored headbands. Um, but and, and the I'm different in the personalities there. really showcased in the costumes, if you will. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting take. As someone that is okay with, to an extent, with reboots and reimaginations, I'm okay with deviating from source material to make it interesting. If it's something we've already seen a hundred times, why why we do it? But if you're gonna mix it up a bit, then go for it. It's fun to experiment, I suppose. It's just not always gonna be a home run. Yeah, I just wish maybe different director, different stories, a few different casting changes in there. Megan Fox was, you know, the eye candy that 
I didn't want to see because I was watching a Ninja Turtles movie. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Nothing against her. It's just I came to see giant turtles, not you. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to you. You know, it's like in Spider-Man 3. It's like, okay, cool. We're finally getting Venom. And somehow Topher Grace's face always shows up. And like, no, I want to see Venom, not Topher Grace. Yeah, that's true. He always opens up his little mouth to, to, show, <laughs> to show his face. They're like, well, we paid money for the guy. So we better uh, better give him some screen time. I came to see Red Foreman's son, not this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Did you see the Tom Hardy Venom movie by chance? No, I haven't. Um, I'm oh, waiting man. to see when that shows up on a streaming service somewhere. I I actually like it. I don't I don't know why. I'm I'm definitely the minority for that one, but I enjoy it for what it is. You know, I'm hearing the opposite. I'm hearing a lot of people enjoyed it for what it was, but because because Marvel has this large, successful cinematic franchise where every character is related to every character type of scenario. Right. A lot of people are bummed that this isn't going to tie into any of those. That's the biggest complaint that I've heard and minor things here and there. But most people that I know that have seen that movie really enjoyed it. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah. My circle of friends were they were not kind <laughs> 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 or me for that. matter. <laughs> uh, they're like, no way, man. Sucks. You stuck. Uh, but whatever. What can you do? And it's interesting. That's an interesting argument, though, because it, it doesn't relate to it. Because when you think of, of about the movie Joker, right, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, that's like the most successful comic book movie, like, ever. <laughs> like, standalone. And it was know, rated like, R. Yeah, and it's rated R. It makes a billion dollars. Um, it's it's a it's a breakout single movie versus, like, Avengers, obviously, is like a complete ensemble cast. And, you know, it took. 10 years to get to that point but um that's remarkable yeah i wonder god see that was the thing that i kind of got frustrated with the whole dc universe is it just felt like they were throwing things at the wall and whatever stuck (laughs) whatever made money let's just keep rolling with that that's what they were doing (laughs) exactly what they were doing it felt like that because that's what they were doing (laughs) (laughs) and like obviously with marvel it's kind of intricate because they still have existing licenses or rights, I should say, to Sony. So that's why Venom franchises are going up. That's why Morbius is going to be a thing. And none of this is going to tie into it. But mm. there's also the talks that Spider-Man could be shared between the two universes. Like, who knows how that's going to look out. Uh, but like I was going my original point, that was the frustration with DC is like, it's almost more difficult to make a comic book movie not successful in this day and age. You have so much material. You just need to find someone who knows the character writes a halfway decent story and then just make sure the cat the supporting cast is good to go and instead we get a lot of snore fests and i don't know if i want to sit through a four-hour snyder cut just to see if this movie really was going to be good from the beginning no dude we're just a couple of days or four days away and it's like oh my god i gotta prepare myself mentally (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i mean I'm I'm okay. I'm just gonna watch it. Um, I'm gonna and I know I'm gonna enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm just gonna be like, oh my god. Because the thing about Snyder is he he uses like slow motion like all the time. It's his thing where there's it could be raining and he wants to give you enough time to not only see 10 million raindrops, but he also wants you to have enough time to name each and every one of those raindrops. So <laughs> you're just like, come on, dude. I I can I can witness things in 24 frames per second, and I'm okay with it. And and if I can't capture the action that you're trying to to convey, 
then maybe you should go about it a different way. I don't need slow motion for the entire movie. And it sounds like we're getting so much character backstory and origin stories and histories and all that, which again, maybe could have been alleviated if you introduced each of these characters in their own movies beforehand. <laughs> sure. They had there rush. was like a featurette before, so I know who they are. I know. That's a, that's a real shame. But I also would say that if you're going to watch this movie, you know who most of these people are at a certain to a certain degree. You know, you're familiar with who the Flash is and what he's capable of. You're, you know, Wonder Woman, regardless of whether they've been in a movie or not, you know, Batman, you know, Superman. So I can kind of see that argument of we don't need to waste time doing that. But you also need to establish these characters in a new franchise. But hey, as someone who has never made a big time movie and has made zero dollars in that field, you know, what do you know? <laughs> take my opinion with a gallon of salt. You can't measure right. salt in gallons with um, as many as you can fit in a plastic baggie. How's that? But I do think that as a consumer, your opinion should be, you know, valid. I mean, you know what you want to see. And if you're not getting that, then, you know, that should speak volumes. I mean, again, it it goes down the, f- the form of it sounds like a Marvel fanboy, but the way they did it was near perfect. They established movies with each of these characters. They gave you an idea of what they're capable of, who they are, what they're going through. You brought them in the Avengers. You found a really creative way to bring them all in and make them work together. And you moved from there. So that system can work. You just need someone to oversee all of these different projects and make sure that the storylines gel and match and fit with one another. Right. You know, what's interesting about Iron Man is that he had two movies before the first Avengers film. And the third one was a year after Avengers. So mm-hmm. like he was, he was pretty much done with his standalones one year after the first Avengers. I mean, sure. He appeared in other films, but uh, that's pretty crazy to think of the the pacing that was involved with getting pumping out Iron Man's. Yeah, the first three uh, Marvel movies in this cinematic universe were Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man Two, I believe. Right, crazy. Then you had a uh, yeah Thor and a Captain America, and then bam, we got Avengers. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> crazy, short, crazy. sweet, to the point. Yeah, they're they're churning those things out, man. Exciting stuff. I really like the first Captain America. I wish there was a little bit more <laughs> substance to it, but I enjoyed that one. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you got the Captain funny. Red Face guy, and you got some Nazis. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good movie where someone's punching Nazis in the face? I like that part, but um, I don't know. I just I could never get into that. That movie. And, I, and I've probably seen that one the most because I just I torture myself when I don't like something. I watch it over and over and over again to find out what I'm missing or what I'm doing wrong. And that is uh, that is the case with the first Avenger. Sounds like some indoctrination to me. No, God, it's terrible. But uh, you're probably to the show. I uh, just to switch gears really fast. Um, we were talking about God of War two actually just celebrated its 14 year anniversary. And that is probably my favorite God of War game. I just enjoy the hell out of it. It actually came out on PlayStation two whilst the PS three had already launched. And so it was kind of weird, but at the same time, the game looked better than probably any game that was available on the PlayStation three at that time. And holy shit, absolutely love it. Played it a billion times. 
And that is an incredible God of War game. I still really struggle to decide what my favorite God of War game is. I really want to lean to the latest one, uh, the 2018 PlayStation 4 title, just because that was also one of my game of the year candidates when it came out. Um, just everything about this game from the lore to the graphics, to the open worldness, the fact that you were able to really customize how you played was a lot of fun. But at the same time, two is just so, so good. And it's such a satisfying ending. And you and I were talking about before the show, it does something that most games can't do when it comes to sequels. Normally you play a game, you're the super OP character. You've got all the weapons, all the upgrades, all this stuff. You go to the sequel and you're right back to square one. And there's no real explanation for it other than just video game logic. Whereas in God of War 2, they start you off with all that stuff and you're like, wow, I'm going to burn through this game like it's nobody's business. And then you lose all that ability, all those abilities and all your weapons and upgrades. And you think, wow, that just happened and it made sense why it happened and how it did happen. Yeah, that's cool, man. And I was okay with it. I was like, all right, let's do this. Cause you're so you're fueled with, with anger and rage. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I'm gonna go get this, this dude. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it was so cool. And what's interesting about this game is that, uh, David Jaffe actually left in the middle of production for it. And then that's when, when Corey Bar- uh, Barlog took over. Um, I, and I only know that because I watched like a, some behind the scenes documentary thing that came with it, with the game. It's pretty neat. Awesome. Yeah, what? it's also <laughs> kind of fun that um, Modi and Magni, the Thor's children in the newest God of War, Nolan mm-hmm. North and Troy Baker. So it was kind of fun to see those two rift together like that. Right. We always joke that they're not allowed in the same room because we can't <laughs> for insurance both. policy. <laughs> yeah. I we saw them talking at Comic Con one year. We're like, oh my god, this is crazy. Protect this room at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exciting stuff so anyway God of War 2 if you haven't played it and you still have a working PS2 or a backwards compatible PS3 I encourage you to give it a go is this game available to stream on whatever that PlayStation Now service is do you know the answer to that uh, I don't know about PlayStation Now I do know that God of War 2018 is part of the PlayStation Plus collection for PS5 so you can go to that route um i mean i've got it on ps3 ps4 so if you need to borrow one just let me know go (laughs) (laughs) anyway excuse me i think it's worth celebrating it's 14 years of awesomeness i actually haven't played it in a while so i'm due but uh i've played it so many times that i could probably uh i wouldn't have much in the way of ring rust i would be able to just beat the shit out of that game yeah, and it's not it's not a complicated game in terms of controls or anything like that. It's just especially the original ones, it's a little bit more button mashing, knowing which combos to take out, what types of enemies, but it, it's amazing how frustratingly fun a game can be. Just knowing that you're dying over and over and over and over and over and over again and somehow I just keep saying no, don't change the difficulty. I'm going to figure this out at some point. <laughs> Isn't that funny? A game insults you. It's like, maybe you want to try this on an easier difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so funny. Every one time I just ran right off a ledge. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that. And then the game has the audacity to say, you know what, Justin? 
Maybe you ought to take this down a dick. You want to try easy mode? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That game's crazy. It'd be, it. it would be amazing if after like a couple more deaths, the game just said, yeah, we're putting you in easy mode and didn't even give you a choice. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, guy. It was time is money, friend. And you got to move on to at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, thank you for, for indulging me going down memory lane and my shortcomings with God of War. Yeah, of course. Oh, it's a blast. But um, that's all I got. Do you got anything else, Dan? No, nice, quick, short show. All right. I got to get back to Dark Souls, you know. We've been told that our hour-long rants are not fun to listen to, so. <laughs> yeah, community feedback. It's always important. It's great to hear after 260-plus episodes of doing this show for an hour, hour and a half each time. But, yeah, no. Yeah, we'll keep it under an hour. Easy peasy. Thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Pixelia Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pixelia Pod, at Stephen K. Janes, and at Edgy Armo. There we can talk about video games, adorable animals, and probably some hockey shit, because that's what Steven's into. And uh, remember to check out the other podcasts that we have. Of course, there is the Geek Legacy Podcast, hosted by Mr. Dave, Randy, and myself, talking about everything in the realm of entertainment news. Always a blast, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, or even a Star Trek fan or any other kind of nerdy shit. That's just what we talk about. And then also be sure to check out the Don't Be Crazy podcast where we talk about what makes a film absolutely amazing or just a pile of rubbish. Steven mentioned that he does also have a Destiny podcast. So if that's your jam, what is it called, Steven? Average Destiny Salt. I don't even know what that means, man. (laughs) (laughs) Underground shit. Got to be a Destiny fan to get that. And uh, check it out. Like, like, listen, subscribe, ring the bell, do whatever it is you got to do. I don't even know the rules these days, but uh, you keep rocking and rolling. Wear a mask, stay safe, and keep those controllers charged and treat all gamers with respect. Thank you so much. Yeah.